Welcome to the Wildflower Bee Farm Podcast. I'm Hank Sveck. This podcast is about helping you uh, learn and understand the different trials and tribulations of converting a 50-acre farm back to nature and a honeybee sanctuary, and how we struggle to continue to be servant beekeepers. Here's this week's episode. This is recorded June 12, 2023. Now, I hope this uh, podcast finds you well, and if you're like most of us, you needed rain. We, we started getting some rain yesterday, and it's been really amazing. The the yellow sweet clover and all the wildflowers really are going to appreciate this, as are the bees, when they're able to get out later in the week. It's supposed to rain for a couple of days, and certainly there's nothing wrong with that. As far as giving everybody a break and letting the plants uh, soak that in and uh, do what they have to do. So today's an interesting topic on... Um, Honeybound hives, and and I've thought about this a lot since last year. And just to recap on the farm, we have five frame nukes that we build and leave for the entire winter, and we had all but one survive uh, last year, going into the spring. We have what they're called single deeps; they have ten frames, or we have five and five nukes so we have a, a base of five frames then on top of that there's another five frames of the same um, you know open space for the for the bees so rather than horizontal they're vertical all of those survived this past winter and then we have a few uh, deeps with a medium on top and that's sort of the largest uh, configuration that we have because we have so much food here on the farm and I'm just going by what happened last year. Uh, Round about this time moving forward, there's so much nectar and pollen, and and the bees, remember, have a work ethic where they just keep grinding because they don't know when it's going to end, right? They... You know, it's it's what I talk about, you know, when the sun shines, you you got to make hay because you don't know when it's going to change. And what's happening right now is that they're bringing in so much nectar and pollen, they're starting to use cells that the queen would normally use to lay eggs. Now, I I try to put common sense to this. So if we look at what traditional beekeeping teaches you, or more the livestock type, it's that you want to avoid a honey-bound hive because according to most of the teachings, when your hive gets honey-bound, the queen stops laying and the bees stop basically getting honey because the nectar because there's no place to put it or they may swarm now swarming is because there's just so many bees for so little space because they just pack it in often they'll build extra comb too around the outside i mean the inside actually sometimes even on the outside but they'll build it on the inside of the box you know cross comb wherever they can if there's an opening on a lid they'll do that so whatever um so conventional thinking is if you open a hive and it looks like there's no space, you have to either give them more space or replace frames. So if you have two or three frames of honey, you would take those out and put two or three frames of of comb so that the bees can continue to work. Now, remember, they will just simply take that and fill it again. It doesn't take very long for them to do that. But yesterday, as I was looking at the yellow sweet clover, the all sick clover, the rose Um, the dogwood, everything that's starting to blue again, we have another huge surge in nectar and pollen. I started to to sit back and relax a bit and think about what does it mean to be honey-bound from a natural beekeeping or a common-sense approach? And it occurred to me that it's probably a very good thing 
here's what will happen. Let's assume that we have a uh, five-frame nuke, or let's say a ten-frame, a ten-frame deep single, and the bees have filled up all the all the outside box um, frames. Uh, they've left say three frames in the center, maybe even four, for the queen to lay eggs and and brood. But gradually they're starting to use up more of that to the point where the queen has no place to lay eggs. She stops. Now, if she if they decide and, and they would anticipate this that they need to swarm, they would have already created some queen swarm cells. But let's assume that didn't happen. What has really happened is another natural brood break. So there will be no baby bees born for, say, 30 days. Now, the advantage to that is it's mite control because if there are no brood, there's no mites. So this could be a way for honeybees in in sort of smaller confines when you're talking about a uh, 10-frame or even a five frame, they take a brood break, which in the end is adds to their longevity. They actually live longer. We don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm speculating here because I'm trying to understand how all these bees survived this last year. We're going into our second year uh, without treatment. And um, they, they just look so amazing, the bees. And I'm trying to understand what's going on. We've had a lot of food, of course. But I, I think this time of the year, it's probably a good idea if, if our bees are becoming honey-bound, as they say, or, or a better way to put it, are going to take a break, give the queen a break from, from laying eggs. And I also wonder if it adds to the queen longevity. If she can take a break, um, not work so hard, say for 30 days, um, she, she, it's probably going to add to her longevity. Uh, with regard to the other bees, it gives them a chance to do more cleansing activities. Propolis, um, you know, um, uh, taking out if the if there are some drone brood or there's some sick um, worker brood, take that out because that's part of their hygiene and behavior. And also defend the hive from robbing because they won't be out foraging. There'll be all those bees inside the hive. So make a long story short, uh, as you probably know by watching our videos, we're in no hurry to do anything if a hive looks like it's uh, honey bound did that a few years ago and it didn't make any difference as far as longevity but i think last year we didn't touch any of it and certainly it made i think contributed to their health another thing we're going to try is probably in july about four or five weeks from now we'll probably do a few late splits just to see how they progress uh, when it comes to um, the next winter depending on how many swarms we get in the next month we're probably looking at in two weeks thinking probably two to three weeks, another storm, uh, swarm cycle of bees starting to swarm again because there'll just be too many of them. Um, and that will be interesting to watch. So when it comes to this, this uh, idea of, uh, you know, honey bound, I, I'd love to hear your comments on this if you keep bees. Um, obviously, if you've been trained to avoid that. Now, now, remember, the worst thing that you could argue is, well, what if they swarm? Well, that's also a brood break uh, for the swarm. Also, as a way for the hive to regenerate. So, if it's healthy enough to do that and survive, then that's obviously a good thing for future generations of bees. I'm Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm. Make sure you check us out at thewildflowerbeefarm.com or go to investlikeahoneybee.com and see that whole thing that we're doing where working with honeybees can help improve your 
investment knowledge. You have an amazing day and talk soon. To learn more about how honeybees can help you in your investing and personal life, go to investlikeahoneybee.com. There you'll learn how listening to the honeybees helped us in so many ways and can help you. investlikeahoneybee.com